friends, I'm, I'm really excited for you to meet a friend of mine. Uh, his name is James Rez. He's the uh, lead pastor at Living Word Chapel in Oracle, a few miles from here. And uh, James and I have been in a pastor's covenant group for the last three three years. Come on out here, James. Yeah. Three, we have three years now, right? Yeah, about three about years. About three years. And um, James is... It's just been a great confidant and a great friend, and I've gotten the, the privilege to be able to preach up at Living Word a couple of times, and and I, I just I asked him about six months ago, and I said, hey, would you return the favor? <laughs> so, um, so I'm here. Uh, that's why you're here. And uh, I'm honored for you all to hear from him, his passion for Jesus and his passion for people to, to know him and to have fresh encounters with him is palatable, and I'm excited for you to hear his heart that I've gotten to see the last three years. And so would you please give him just a great Element City Church welcome? Yeah. Well, it's great to be here, Elements Church, and I've heard so many great things about you. And just getting here and just seeing what's happening here and the presence of God here is electrifying. And, uh, you know, when I was back there, we were, we were worshiping. I'm here with my, my beautiful wife and my, grandkid, my grandson is here, Stephen, which is a, a real blessing to us as well because I didn't think he was going to be here. So all of these great things are going on, but I was back there worshiping. And I said, this place is going to explode. God is going to do some amazing things because that's just what God does. He's an amazing God. And uh, you have got a great leader in Jack Shull. And I'm not just saying that because he's my friend, but let me tell you, there's a mantle of God on him. And he's going to lead this place, and I believe that that God's going to do some amazing things. And the devil's going to try and rock the house, but God's bigger than the devil. He does greater things than the devil. And so uh, all I want for us to, to, to think about tonight is that God can do exceedingly abundantly above what we could ever think or ask. He is that big. And I, I want to talk tonight about when a hater goes from being a hater to a hero. When a hater of the faith goes to be a hero of the faith. Anyone in here, do you, have, uh, do you know someone that has given you such a hard time because you're a Christ follower? I mean, this person is such a hater of Christianity that you seriously have thought that there is no way that this person can be saved. Anyone know someone like that? Yeah, I think we all do. And it's not that they're not zealous or, or passionate In fact, they have more passion than most of us have in in our walk with God. But they're passionate about the wrong things. They're passionate about coming at you for your faith. And and, and that passion and that hatred and that that zeal that they have really makes us gun-shy at times. But I'm here tonight, and what I really want to talk about is how God can turn a hater of the faith into a hero In the faith. And we're going to go to Acts chapter 9 and we're going to look at the story of of, uh, Saul, who became the Apostle Paul. And from his story, we're going to see some things that are very important to us to understand that God is able to save people, even those that sometimes we think they can't be saved. That's how big God is. So I want us to go to. Chapter 9, verse 1, we're going to look at uh, verses 1 through 6. 
And I want us to read, I'm going to be reading from the uh, New American Standard. But let me pray. Father, thank you again, Lord, for uh, this gathering, for these special people that are here. But more than anything, thank you that you're here. And we just pray that you will open up every heart and every ear to, to hear and to understand your word. And that when we leave here tonight, that we will all leave with the assurance that, God, you're bigger than anyone. And so we pray, Father, that you'll just work in us and through us. Be with me as, as the, the messenger, Lord God. I'm just that, the messenger, with the greatest message known to man. So I pray, Lord, that I won't get in the way, that I'll just let you be God through me. And that everyone here will say, it's been good to be at Elements Church tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. So the Word of God tells us, Then saw still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Tell your neighbor, still. Oh man, that was weak. I mean, I'm from Oracle. They, they go, still. So say it again. He was still. Now we're talking. So he was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and he asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus. So that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said to him, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And it is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the, the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. So from this text. I want us to see that God is able to transform haters of Christianity into heroes of faith. And I want us to look at it with three different points. The first thing that I think we need to really hold on to is that there is no one that is unsavable. Tell your neighbor, there's no one that's unsavable. No one. You need to know that there is no one in your life that is bigger than Jesus Christ. But, but uh, Pastor James, or James, you don't know my cousin. I would, from my side of town, you don't know my cousin, right? You don't know my primo, bro. You don't know what he's done. You don't know my brother, or you don't know my, my, my ex-husband, and you don't know my ex-wife. And my ex-wife, she's a witch. Well, dude, she thinks you're the devil, so you guys got a lot in common, Right? And so the reality here is uh, there is no one that is unsavable. And when someone makes a remark, they always tell me, did the church walls fall down when this person came to the church? Did the church walls fall down when, when Eric came to the church? Did the church walls fall down when Stephanie came to the church or, or whoever it may be? And my answer to them is that they are not bigger than God. The walls will stand. Jesus said something that we need to hold on to. Jesus said, I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. So Jesus is building his church. It's not our church. Elements is not our church. 
It's not Jack's church. It's not uh, the elders' church. It's Jesus' church. And because it's His church, the gates of hell will not be able to conquer it. And the walls will stand. Even if the devil walks in the door of God's church or in the lives of God's people, God isn't faced. God doesn't shake. God doesn't say, what am I going to do? Look at how bad this guy's been. God says, I am the rock that will stand. It doesn't matter who comes in your path. And this should give everyone an assurance that when God is with you, who can be against you? Amen? The Bible says all this time Saul was breathing down the necks of the master's disciples and he was out for a kill. I love the way the message Bible. He was breathing down the necks. And they might have been saying, dude, you got some bad breath. And he was on them and on them. There may be someone in your life right now that they're breathing down your neck and they're coming at you and they're coming at your faith and they're coming at what you're doing. You need to know that God is bigger than them. Paul later wrote and he said, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Now, Saul was breathing down the necks of all of these disciples. And now he's saying, I was the worst of sinners. But God had mercy on me. God touched me. God changed me. And I want you to know, beloved, that God is able to touch and change those people that are in your life that you think are unsavable. There is no one in your life that is unsavable. There is no person that you come into contact with that is unsavable because they're not bigger than Jesus Christ. And when we grab a hold of that reality, when we grab a hold of that mentality, can I tell you what happens in a church? The seats get full. Because you're not intimidated in coming across whoever you come across. You will know that God is able to save their hearts. Paul said, I'm the worst of all sinners. And you know, people argue that. You know what? I'm worse than Paul. I'm this and that. I kind of take a step back. And I think... I really don't know if I can say that. I, I'm, the, I'm, I'm a bad sinner. I, was, I did everything. But I never persecuted the church. I never chased people in the church and wanted to kill them, wanted to, to put them in prison. Paul said, I'm the worst. And yet God saved my soul. He said this, but for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners... Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in me. I mean, believe in him and receive eternal life. What can we glean from that? What can we grab a hold of that? The first thing that I think we can glean is that God has patience. We want changes immediately. We want our number one at In-N-Out Burger as soon as we order it. Right? And so we want changes to occur right now, my way or the highway. But the reality is when we're patient, the way that God is patient, people 
see the changes in your life. And they see the love that is permeated through our hearts that only God can produce. And then they see that God is real. I've had the, the, the pleasure of, um, of spending some time with this, this guy that was a hater of Christianity. I first got saved, and he, uh, when, when I got saved, all of my friends, they left. They said, dude, you're tripping. I don't know what happened to you, but you're like, you're like freaking out. I would get calls at 2 in the morning from uh, some of my, my homeboys, and they would say, uh, dude, we want the old James back, with a couple of choice words with that, you know. We want the James back. We like that James. I said, I know, bro. I know you love that James. But my family, they really like this James. And as years went by, they began to see that this change was real. They began to see that there's an anchor in my life. There's an anchor in my marriage. There's a real love. There's substance there. I live for my family. I live more than anything for God. And they began to see that, well, now I I came into contact with the person that was the worst, the one that was so much, so set against it, against what I was doing. And, uh, And when I came into contact with him again, you know, God just ordains times. Amen? He ordains meetings. And so I had this meeting with him and, and, um, and, he said some things to me, and it really, man, I just wanted to go off on him. And I walked away, and the, 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 the small, still voice of the Holy Spirit, don't we just love his voice? He said, love him. Love him. And I said, I don't want to love him. I want to punch him out. Right? You ever? And so the Lord said, love him. And since that time, we've been able to pour into his life, my wife and I. My family and I. And now he's been going to church. Now he's not saved yet. But he's been going to church with me. Almost every day. He's paralyzed. I mean, he's, uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's paralyzed. He's handicapped. Not paralyzed. He's handicapped. Severely handicapped. Because of some things, circumstances that have occurred in his life. And so, there's times that I will do, go beyond the, 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 the first mile to do things like, empty out his urinal and things like that and love just love him the lord's saying just love him and i'm like oh lord okay but it's the patience of god that changes the worst of sinners and transforms them transforms them and shows them that there's a difference amen hold on to the fact that there is no one that is impossible for god how, how do i apply this you're saying well james how do i apply this I would say this to you. Don't give up on those who seem impossible. Don't give up on those who seem impossible. I love the way that the um, chronological life application study Bible puts it. It says, no person apart from Jesus himself shaped the history of Christianity like the Apostle Paul. Even before he was a believer, his actions were significant. He frenzied persecution of Christians following Stephen's death, got the church started in obeying Christ's final command to take the gospel worldwide. No one, no one shaped Christianity like Paul. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't give up on him? The second thing I would say that we can do, we can apply it. Pray for opportune times 
to invite them to a Sunday worship experience or to a small group. Do you guys have small groups at Elements? Wonderful. Invite them to a small group. In, in early 2000, they did a survey. Uh, uh, the the Rayner uh, report. Tom Rayner is a great Christian leader. And what they found out, they, 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 they surveyed 300 unchurched people. And what they found out was 96% of the unchurched are at least somewhat likely to attend church if they are invited. 96% say, you know what, I, I, I might go to church if someone will invite me. Those people that you think are unsavable, pray for them and then invite them because they may come. Point number two. Usually the ones that hated the most, they're going to love the most. Usually those people that are hating on Christianity, the people that are, that are real hard, the people that have done the worst, usually those people are going to have a turnaround and they are going to do great things for God. Let me tell you, the devil does not want to let go of some of your friends that are living out there in that world. Amen? You know why? Because when they become a part of God's army, they are going to do some great things. You need to hold on to that truth. You need to hold on to that fact. Paul said, I am the least of the apostles. I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. He always remembered what he did. He always remembered all the things that he did, being a hater. Then he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. I labored more abundantly than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. That grace. Can I tell you that God's grace is not half? It's not a quarter. God's grace is full. God pours his grace into us as sinners, that unmerited favor, and he fills us with his love and compassion and his forgiveness. And it changes our hearts. Now think about this, beloved. Think about the people that have done things that are way out there. Think about when they're forgiven, when they receive the grace of God. Think about how that changes their hearts. And they began to think about the things that they've done. And they say, if God could forgive me the worst of the worst, I want to give them all of my love. I want to give them all my compassion. I want to do as much as I can for his glory because God is good. Those who hated the most are going to love the most. And let me tell you, you guys, you're going to lead some of those people to Christ. You're going to go out with the boldness of Jesus you're going to go out and you're going to say, Jesus is, loves you. He doesn't care about what you've done. He wants to fill you with grace. And when the Holy Spirit is with you, their hearts begin to melt. The walls begin to come down. Those layers of hardness begin to break. And Jesus will put in a heart of flesh and take out that heart of stone. And he'll change their lives. And Elements Church, I want to tell you that you guys are going to be ambassadors of what God's going to do in Tucson. If you embrace this, if you embrace what Jesus wants to do, he wants to turn those haters into people who love God and fill all of these seats for the glory of Jesus. Amen. 
You know, Jesus, he, he just freaked people out, especially religious people. Elements Church, don't get religious. What I love about Jack is he's not religious. He just loves Christ. And so religious people are always looking at, pe- at others and, man, you don't, you don't know what she's done. You don't know what he's done. And so there was this woman that had, had, was just loving on, on, on Jesus. And, and she was, uh, um, you know, washed his feet with, with her tears and dried his feet with her hair. And, and the multitude, they were murmuring about all the woman's sins because religion always looks at what you've done. Christianity looks at what Christ has done. Religion looks at what you have to do. Christianity looks at what Christ can do in you and through you. He empowers us to be able to live in righteousness. Not only that, He imputes His righteousness into our lives. But he, Jesus looked at them and He said, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little will love a little. Now think about that. Whoever has been forgiven a bunch. I can raise my hand and say I've been forgiven a bunch. I don't deserve to be standing here. But by the grace of God, He pulled me out of the mud. He yanked me out. He washed me clean through the blood of Christ. And He left me a little bit brown for flavor. Right? And he said, go out and tell people about how much I love them. And tell people about how I can change and transform their, their lives for, for my glory. And that's exactly what we all need to do. Well, how, how, do, I, uh, how do I apply this, Pastor? What, what do I do to, to apply this? I'll say this. Don't allow the hate and indifference of people around you to stifle your trust in the God who is able to save them. When those people are hating, let me tell you something, you need to look beyond that. When those people that come at you for your faith, first of all, you need to know that people are going to come at your faith and persecute you, and if they're not, there's something wrong. Because as Christ followers... We should be different and we should make sometimes we should make people feel uncomfortable. And so there, there will be persecution. But if we pray and if we continue to walk in integrity and continue to walk in, in, in our convictions, then God will work on them. And as you continue to live this life, you will see them come to you and say, I want what you have. Do not allow their hate and indifference to stifle your trust. This one person that God has brought back into my life, he said some things in the past that I, that I would just say, you know, uh, I shouldn't even talk to this guy anymore. But the reality is that God is, he gives us a, com- a compassionate heart, a heart of love, and, and he says, I will change them. Don't let those words make you hard. And he's coming around. And he's coming around. The Bible says, the Lord your God is living among you and He is a mighty Savior. We can say it a different way. God is mighty to save. There is no one in your life that God can't save. And those people that are hating, 
the most. You need to hold on to the, to the reality that they're going to love the most. The third thing that I want to talk about is transformation will always stem from an encounter with the real Jesus. In other words, true transformation comes when you meet Jesus for reals. Not religion. Religion don't change people. You may have an outer change. You may dress a different way. You may try to uh, speak a different way, but there's no heart change. True transformation comes when you meet the real Jesus. And that's exactly what happened to Paul. Paul's question is instrumental for all of us. But especially those who are indifferent to the things of God, Paul's question was, Who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? And his answer was, I am Jesus. I am Jesus. When I came to faith... I asked that question. I said, God, if you're real, will you please show me? And Jesus began to make himself real in my life. He began to manifest himself in my life. When Paul had a life change, it was because he met the real Jesus. And those people that you're praying for that are, that are they've got this hater mentality. They've got this hater attitude. The only way that they're going to change is when they meet the real Jesus. Again, I love the way that the Chronological Life Application Study Bible puts it. It says, at the center of this wonderful experience was Jesus Christ. Paul did not see a vision. He saw the risen Christ himself. Paul acknowledged Jesus as Lord. He confessed his own sin. He surrendered his life to Christ and he resolved to obey him. True conversion comes from a uh, personal encounter with Jesus Christ and leads to a new life in relationship with him. Those individuals that have had true life change, it's always been because they met the real Jesus. So back in the 60s, early 70s, there was, uh, there was two movements. There was the hippie movement. And the hippie movement, you know, they said, we want, we want uh, free love. And so they went out and had all the sex they wanted. They said, you know what, dude, pass that hooter, or pass a leno. And they said, they were taking acid was huge. You know, let me have a drop. Okay. Wow. I see three of you, bro. I'm the one in the middle. So these guys, they, they went out and they started doing that because people are always trying to fill a void. So they wanted all the sex. So they thought you could find love in sex. You don't find love in sex. You find love in commitment. Sex is just the icing on the cake. It's wonderful. God gave it to us. Amen? In marriage. So if you're in here and, someone's, and you're not married and someone says, hey, I want, I want to have sex, you tell, you tell her or him, I do too. 
but we need to get married. I, I really I really want to, but we need to get married. And so as 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 we as we see that the hippie movement came up and and so these guys were and girls, you know, they were doing their thing. In fact, we, Shauna and I, we were in San Francisco last week and that's a very unique city. And you see everything. And I think the street is Ashbury Street. That's where this all started. Is that the street? I think if it's if it's wrong, yeah, it's something like that. And so the, the tour guide, you know, he was a good bro- he was a brother, you know, he, was, he had a little uh, hip-hop song that he'd say, San Francisco, ooh, ooh, San Francisco. And so we're going through there, and he said, we're going to Ashbury Street, and, and don't be alarmed if you see someone naked, because it's, it's, it's very lawful for people to be naked. And have you ever noticed that people that go naked, a lot of times, they really shouldn't be naked? It's like, dude, please put some, clo- put some clothes on, bro. I'd be helping you. Or, <laughs> sweetheart. You'd be a lot better with a dress. You know. And so, where'd that come from? And so, um, so all this, this hippie movement went on and all these things happened and, and, and they, were, they were empty. And then there was another movement that came on at that time. The Holy Spirit just started working through all these individuals and it was called the Jesus Movement. And all these hippies were coming out of the streets and they were going into churches and the churches were freaking out because they came in and they were, you know, they had bathing, you know, you don't bathe in, in the hippie movement. You... Right. So they walked in the church, the church people were like freaking out, you know, but they started getting saved. And Chuck Smith, Chuck Smith, who led Calvary Chapel, was a proponent of bringing many of these individuals to Christ. And they gave up their, 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 their smoking the hooters and. They started getting high on the Holy Spirit because that's the real high. Amen. Doesn't leave you with a hangover. Doesn't leave you all messed up. Doesn't leave you seeing three people. And so they started being changed and transformed. Can I tell you why? Because they met the real Jesus. And people like Keith Green Rich Mullins and Greg Laurie, they came out of that movement, right? And God just moved in their hearts. I love the, the way, what, I love what Chuck Smith said. He said, God often goes to the gutter to find the recipient for his grace. He lifts him out or her out, washes him or her, and transforms them, making them into a child of God, fit for his kingdom. That is God's grace. Can I tell you, Elements, beautiful, beautiful congregation that you are, can I tell you something? God may bring some people into your life and into this church and they're trying to find Jesus. Amen? Amen? They don't need a social club. They don't need a clique. They need people that are going to say, you know what? God loves you right where you're at. I don't care what you've done. He wants to give you His forgiveness and His grace. How do we apply this? You make the choice today to follow Jesus.
Let Jesus be the center of your life. Get to know Him. Spend time with Him. I can see in, on your faces that a lot of you that I'm looking at, that you have that relationship with Him. And He wants to deepen that. Bro, He wants to deepen that in such an amazing way that, that He's going to permeate out of, your, out, of your, out of everything that you do. And you're going to change your world for His glory, through His power. Dear lady, you're going to change your world for His glory through His power. Amen. But He may bring people into your life that you think, man, they're, they're unsavable. I mean, they're not savable. And you're going to have to say, you know what? That's not true. That's a lie from the pit of hell. There is no one, no one, no one that is unsavable because they are not bigger than God. I'm done. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you for showing for showing us that you are able to transform a, a hater of Christians into a hero of the faith. The Apostle Paul is a perfect example of your restoring power. Forgive me for doubting your ability to transform lives for the glory of Jesus. Holy Spirit, enable me to trust that you are constantly working in the people you've placed in my circle of influence. Even when they might be negative toward me or indifferent to you, God, I choose to believe that you are mighty to save. And Lord, I just pray that you will just fill this gathering with your spirit and with the spirit of boldness and confidence, Lord, that no one in their circle of influence, no person that they come into contact with is beyond you. You're bigger than them. You love them more than they hate. And we will give you glory ahead of time for what you're going to do. Fill these seats. Fill these seats with people that need your love. And let Elements Church be a part of providing the love of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.